What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the First in Tech podcast. This is episode number 10 of the year. I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Camden Spate. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Jay Cacavaro. And I'm Video Editor Jalen Harrington. And today we're going to be talking some NC State football like we do every week. Coming off a bye week, heading into a Thursday night game against Syracuse. But first, like we do every episode, we're going to talk about something from the sports world. And this is a really interesting one. And uh, I just just now figured out what we're talking about. We're going to talk about Nick Bosa and the flag plant that he had. Do you guys see that? I did not see it, but I heard about right. it. Right. Um, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> a sack on Baker Mayfield. If if you guys remember, Baker Mayfield planted the Oklahoma flag on Ohio State's field after Oklahoma beat Ohio State. This time, Nick Bosa comes in, plants the flag, you know, in a celebration, imaginary flag. And then I think he actually did plant a flag he did at, after, after the, the game. game. Okay, that's good. I was going to say, points off for not having an actual Flag you want him to have him. a flag on yeah, the field? Yeah, you have to what, have that pull it prop. out of his sock or something? No, as long as at some point in the game you plant a flag, okay. there should be an actual flag to be planted. First, what is your take on Baker Mayfield doing it in the first place, whatever it was like a year or two years ago? See, I'm I'm kind of an extremist when it comes to allowing celebrations. Like, I'm for that. I was for Bradley Chubb spitting on the FSU Seminole after State beat them. Like, I'm cool with all those celebrations, but you have to know what comes around goes around. Or is that the other way? Yeah, what yeah, goes yeah. Around, you comes got around. it. You got yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, turn about his player play, I would say. Yeah, I think, I think both were fine to do it. Like, I thought it was hilarious when Baker did it when they beat Ohio State. I thought it was funny when Bosa did it last night. And, for all, all it seems like Baker Mayfield doesn't seem butthurt about it or anything. He he, I'm sure he understands. Like, hey, if you don't want it to happen, beat him. Like, I mean, that's why I, I never have a problem with celebrations as long as they're not like insulting someone. And and Mayfield said after the game he didn't know about the celebration until after his press conference, and he basically just said, "Good for him, good play." So you know, it didn't seem like he was necessarily butthurt about it. Uh, you know, Bosa said, you know, he thinks he knows Baker knows what that was for and everyone else quickly caught on to that. But <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of, you know, in the first place, I'm not sure if I really like agreed with Baker doing that. It kind of seems like a, a move that is really insulting in a way. I get the celebration, but actually to carry a flag onto the field and plant it seems a little much for me. But why celebrate if you're not gonna piss some fans off? Celebrating's I mean, fine. That you, just seemed over the top. Look, you get to do what you want when you win the game, and Baker won the game, so he wanted to plant it, the flag. It's he on did. tune with what Baker is, and exactly. what, who he is, and what he does. Exactly. You know? So I get that. But I do remember when he did it too. The Oklahoma or the Ohio State. Uh, they they talked to the Ohio State players about it afterwards, and th- they all pretty much said the same thing. Like, um, obviously, like we don't want him to do that, but if should've if we didn't game. want him to do it, should have won the game. Like, that's it, true. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Interesting. Anyways, just wanted to get your thought on that real quick before we move into some NC State football. Playing Syracuse Thursday night. It's a whiteout. If if people don't know that, it doesn't seem like it's been really advertised like a whole lot. No, not very well. Not like the blackout. Right. Yeah. And it seems like it should be because it'd be awesome if, you know, all the fans wore white, but it is a whiteout. Well, here's the thing. They don't have to advertise it so well because the fans leave at halftime and the bleachers are white, so it's fine. <laughs> Dang, a little shade there. <laughs> it's, a little wow. it's a night game, though. Fans usually stay a little longer for the night no, games. They don't. 
Yeah, they do. They did. I they was there. They I was, did against Ball State. I was there for that night game. What about the, the Louisville game, though? The Louisville game, definitely. Louisville, Louisville game, no, I don't think a single person Louisville left. was different because Lamar Jackson ranked team. But I'm saying just this year, I was there for Ball State. Yeah, Ball State's also okay. a, a nobody State, opponent. Right. Syracuse and Ball is a State big was still time a ACC bit. opponent. I was also there last, week, uh, last year for Wake Forest and wasn't very... Excited that one, about that crowd staying well, either. Yeah, and that, that was a tight true. game, even though State lost. That is so. true. Though, to be fair, it wasn't tight at one point, though, which is probably that, no, where that's, people... No, that's the thing. It was tight. It was tight the entire time because State refused to separate, and that's yeah. why they They were lost. up two scores, though. And when you're up two scores against Wake Forest, you, you assume that game... And that game should have been over. But, <laughs> no, we're not here talking about that game. But. <laughs> I'm sorry for bringing up Wolfpack PTSD with that for, <laughs> Wake Forest game. So hopefully the fans stay the whole time. If it's a right. close game, I would think that they do. So, news broke this week. Bailey Hockman's going to be the starting quarterback. I think, you know, most of us assumed that it was not going to be Matthew McKay. You know, there could have been question on whether Devin Leary could have snuck into that spot just to see how that went. But, Jalen, what do you think about the decision to put Hockman in? I mean, I'm fine with it. Like I said last week, I mean, any of the, any of the three quarterbacks, I would have been fine with seeing them start. And, um... When Doran said that Hawkman was starting, he immediately brought up Leary right after him and said, quote, he will have an opportunity. So that tells me Leary's going to see at least one drive. But then he backtracked a little bit, right? He backtracked um, because someone asked him directly, hey, right. Dave, tell us if Leary's going to play. So Dave goes, oh, I'm not going to give you our game plan. <laughs> You'll have to see. The last time he said you have to see, Bailey Hockman played pretty much the entire game for Matthew yeah. McKay. So we'll see how it happens, but I think it's smart to give Bailey a chance to start and then see what Devin can do for you. Yeah, I agree. I think... Hawkman's probably the right move. I thought it could have been interesting to see what what uh, Leary could do, you know, you know, getting the start. Hawkman still though has not gotten a start since he did not start against Florida State, even though he played most of the game. So I think it's probably the right move, and you know, it'll be interesting. I don't know if it'll be that much different than having McKay in there. We'll see, you know, exactly how that goes. He didn't necessarily have a super strong game against Florida State, right? But that'll be interesting. And how about the injuries? Because on both sides of the ball, there's been some injuries that have you know hurt the depth. So can you give us an update on some of those? Right. So there are a bunch of people. Um, Dylan Alton Reith has been out since like two weeks ago. He's gone for the year. That's a tight end. Um, Ricky Person hurt his right leg, I believe. It was a lower leg injury, one of his legs. Um, he's out for this game. Doran did give the impression that he's going to be back this year, though. So which he's is, not gone for the season. Which is good because the injury didn't necessarily look very pretty. Right. I mean, Ricky was really, like, rolling around the ground. He was yeah. in a lot of visible pain. So He had to get carted off, right? Uh, I think he got think taken so. off in the car. There, yeah. there was an air cast, too, I think, yep. on his leg. So, so it's good the, to see Just there. the fact that he still might come back this year is probably a relief for some right, people. That's yeah. huge. Um, one thing that we didn't notice was apparently Justin Witt, the starting right tackle, got hurt yeah, during the Florida State game. I didn't notice that at all. I didn't when, either. When Doran announced that Witt was out for this game, everybody was looking around like we didn't even see that he got hurt. Yeah. So it wasn't just us. Um, but Emmanuel McGirt is going to be moving over to right tackle to start for him, which means a true freshman will start at left tackle, um, Iki Equono. I think I didn't butcher his last name. Um, he's been playing really good this year in limited time, really physical, so I wouldn't worry too much there. Um, but the worst thing is definitely Nate McLeod still being out. Um, he's been out since the first game of the year. Doran said at his presser that he was hoping that Nick would be able to be back this week, but he's not. Um, 
So it's at least promising for the next week or two that should be able to make a return, hopefully. The way that NC State's buys work out, I wouldn't expect next week against Boston College. Right. But after Boston College, if they hold them for Boston College, they've got another bye. Right. And then the next game. And I'd say, I think that's Clemson, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I can see him coming back for that game. But um, they're also losing another corner. Tyon Palmer, who's out for the year with Again. a knee injury. Again, yeah. So stage just getting decimated. There are injuries all across the board. And, you know, coming into the year, the big thing was state so deep, state so deep. Not and now we're chipping away that death, you know. So it's like, what's the strength of this team now that it's not so deep? Yeah, that's been – it's really a problem with that for a team that's kind of struggling to have people that are just consistently out and not being able to play and not having that depth to go to when the game's close or when NC State is struggling and trying to throw somebody else in there, that's really a problem and, you know, something that I don't think we necessarily saw coming into this year, obviously, because of their injuries. But Yeah, definitely not. And now, you know, you got Thursday night primetime game against a team that was expected to be the second-best team in the Atlantic. I mean, now you're looking around like, all right, who's going to step up, you know? You've got Jordan Houston, who got a start against Florida State at running back. Um... He looked really good. He's averaging, I think, for the year, like seven yards a carry, which is really impressive. Um, he's playing well, but now it's just him and Zonovan Knight. Um, at wide receiver, you know, no one's really had a great year, and somebody's going to have to step up and make this quarterback look good. It doesn't matter which quarterback's out there. Somebody's got to step up and be a deep threat, you know, be a threat to catch the ball, break a tackle, and go. Just make plays. Well, Stay needs playmakers. That's the problem, too, is you mentioned the deep threat. Is C.J. Riley was supposed to be the deep threat. Now right. he's gone. Amezi, his game is not a deep threat. He's a possession receiver. Thayer Thomas is a slot receiver. Right. Devin Carter's not going to cut it, sim- right. plain and simple. Like, yeah. they, they don't have a deep threat. And well, when you don't have a deep threat, it, it really limits your game because the defense, you can just play a single high safety. You can just play cover zero, cover one, and you know you're not going to get beat deep. Then that's when you can load the box, try and stop the run, or send pressure. Right, and that brings me back to kind of a funny anecdote. Um about two games ago, I think it was against Ball State, um, a number 19 for NC State catches the ball, has a reception. Yep. The announcer goes, C.J. Riley reception. <laughs> We're like, I'm sorry, that's not C.J. Nope. Riley. <laughs> NC State has taken a true freshman, the other number 19, who was a defensive back, right. Cecil Powell, who is, according to Doran, the fastest player on the team. He's now switched to wide receiver. Because like, they need a deep threat. Right, Hopefully right. to train him into being a receiver. Right, and I don't know if you guys know this, Cecil had – or Cecil, I'm sorry. I don't know which way to say his name, but he had either two or three catches against Florida State. He got a significant amount of playing time. They're going to use him, I think, in this game to try and stretch the field and see what he can do. And it'll be really interesting for the defense in this game because the defense is coming in at sixth best in the country in in rushing yards allowed at 71 per game. And as much as you know, the entire team has struggled, I don't think I, I knew that the rush defense was really good. I don't know if I knew it was sixth best in the country, but that 71 yards a a game is incredible. Right, and, you know, Dave Doran is a very simple coach on the defensive side. You know what you're getting. They're going to stop the run. You know, that way, that, um, I'm sorry, that West Virginia game was an anomaly, right? right? It's probably not going to happen again. What you saw at Florida State is what this defense wants to be. They're going to make you throw. You know, you might get 300 yards on 40 passes, but you're not going to get over 100 rush yards. And that's just the identity of this team. And it's going to lead to, I think, another explosive game against Syracuse where there's going to be a lot of pass yards 
and NC State is going to have to keep up with Syracuse's offense. And you look at the rushing leaders for Syracuse. Mo Neal is the leading rusher. 317 yards in five games, 63 a game. The entire team is averaging 135 a game against NC State's really good rushing defense. I would expect that to be below 100. Right. And it's kind of been a little bit by committee because you got Neal and then you got Adams and then DeVito, the quarterback, is the third uh, leading rusher. So, you know, I would expect the rushing defense to stay that way against Syracuse. I don't think Syracuse is necessarily that good on rushing the ball the problem is going to be Tommy DeVito right right and you know you've got a glimmer of hope despite all the you know the injuries in the secondary um Syracuse ranks 123rd nationally in sacks allowed that's really not good and what that means is (laughs) (laughs) state's gonna be able to get into the backfield so when you can get sacks you know that's going to help out your corner so much in the, you know, in pass defense. And they don't even have to get sacks. Just getting pressure on the quarterback, getting hurries, getting hits, just being in DeVito's face all night long will take such a load off of these cornerbacks. Also, something I just noticed about Syracuse, too, just looked up their, their stats, and on it is listed the injury report, too. They currently have 15 players listed as questionable yeah. for Thursday night's game. And one of those guys who is questionable is and again I'm not sure how to pronounce the name but Ifiatu Melifonwu yeah it's a name <laughs> yeah one of their starting corners who's actually pretty good too yeah, yeah. and he's questionable um yeah, him Andre Cisco is Sisko, questionable exactly. if those two guys are out that'll be huge for NC State because as we all know like they've struggled to pass the ball and when you can when you struggle to pass the ball, the easiest antidote, the best antidote is facing a team who's missing its starting cornerbacks. Exactly. So that would be huge. I don't know. I know Cisco has a lower body body injury. I'm not sure why they're going the hockey route and not specifying exactly what it is, but it just says lower body. Oh, and yeah. then Malafani would also says lower body. So yeah, this is the I'm AC, not sure. This is the ACC. Um, yeah. They don't force <laughs> coaches to tell you exactly what's wrong with players. They don't force coaches to give you timetables. Right. They don't even force you to like list them as questionable or not. It's all about what they want to say. So from what I understand, you know, the anticipation is that they won't play. You know, Babers just said, don't expect to see the injured guys. So I'm thinking Cuse is going to be down their best cornerback and probably their best safety. Um, that's good news for NC State for an offense that really has struggled to put points on the board. And for Bailey Hockman right. coming into this game yeah. as the first time, the first start for this year, and he needs something to really build off of. So that's good for him too. Exactly. And it also, you know, seeing the injuries for Syracuse also explained why they were having such a rough year. I couldn't put it together. I was like, they're returning, you know, <clears throat> probably the best duo of defensive ends in the ACC. They're returning all of their secondary. What's going on there? Injuries, you know, these two teams are kind of mirrors of each other. Where Hughes is replacing Eric Dungy, we're replacing Ryan Finley. They've got issues in their secondary because of injuries. We've got issues in our secondary because of injuries. You know, both teams are struggling, and something's got to give. One of these teams is going to step up and course correct their season. And, you know, with State being the home team, the home crowd might give them the advantage. Also, one thing, too, um, and I didn't watch Syracuse's last game, and they had a bye, so I don't know how much stock to put into this, but it does say 
And Tommy DeVito did leave their last game with an arm injury. He left and didn't return. They were also up a lot, so probably could have been precautionary, but that might be something to keep an eye out. Um, it doesn't say which arm. It just says arm injury, but if it's his throwing arm, and considering NC State has a defensive line that probably will hit him quite a few times, yeah. that might be something to keep an eye out. I, I don't know how serious that is, but if he's going to get hit a lot, if that arm is banged up a little bit, then that'll also help NC State's secondary if he's not placing precise passes, which he doesn't really need to do because it seems like receivers are have five yards of separation every time they're thrown to him because the secondary just can't stick with man. But that might be something to keep an eye out on. Right. I mean, DeVito apparently said, I'm good to go. Yeah. So he's going to play. Um, the other thing is DeVito... I don't think he's Eric Dungy. You know, Eric Dungy was a quarterback where he was a gamer. You know, even if he's hurt, he's going out, he's going to yeah. play. DeVito might be a quarterback where if he's injured, you know, you hit him a couple times, next time you come, that ball's going out. Right. You know, you got to test him. You got to see, you know, what is he made of? And, and we're going to find out. And another thing with that, DeVito's thrown five picks this year. I mean, given Syracuse played Clemson, tough game. I don't know if he threw a pick or how many he threw in that game, but – he threw five, five picks this year, 11 touchdowns. With the rush of NC State, getting to him quickly might pressure him to throw the ball a little bit quicker than he wants to. Could see one or two out of the NC State secondary and you know help the secondary out in that pass defense as well. Yeah. Right. He, Turnovers will be huge in this game because you know we saw it in the first game of the year where NC State's defense, on first drive, led him all the way down the field but then got the ball, and all of that gets nullified. You know, you have to win the turnover margin to win games in the ACC. Yeah, yeah. and like we saw against when we NC State and Syracuse met last year, complete shootout, it came down to did your team score on basically every single drive. Exactly. And if the turnovers ha- fall one way or the other, that's really going to significantly shift the game. And that's going to be a concern for Bailey Hockman as well. You know, he had probably four or five passes that could have gotten picked against Florida State. You know, that can't happen again against Syracuse because at some point those balls will be intercepted and then you're going to be forcing the defense to play even more than it had to play against Florida State because the offense couldn't move the ball. All right, so let's quickly go into predictions for this game. I want to hear what both of you guys think. A score prediction I don't know what the line is. I know we'll definitely talk about that in the Wolfpack Wager article this week. But do you guys have a score prediction? In Raleigh, both teams are kind of struggling. Maybe NC State more than Syracuse is. But what do you think, Jalen? I'm being swayed by the fact that NC State's wearing those cool new uniforms during this game. That's so, your that's your mark. That's right. what you need. That's that's what it is. I think NC State plays well when they're in white. So I'm gonna go 27-17 Wolfpack. You know, Ooh. there's gonna be. I think it's gonna be tight throughout. I think State gets one last touchdown to make it 27-17 and win the game. I I'm gonna go 37-24 Syracuse. I I don't think NC State's gonna be able to stop Syracuse, and I don't think NC State's offense is good enough to get into the 30 range against against a decent. A, like ACC team, decent power five school. Oh no, man! They couldn't even a, score. Thirty-seven is a lot, though. What like, makes you think the defense can stop anyone? This isn't Eric Dungy, though. Like we have to remember that this is Tommy DeVito. Yeah. He's not as good. But this defense is terrible. I don't know, man. 
Enough. Uh, we said. We said. <laughs> let's put this in perspective. Yeah. We said the defense played really well against Florida State, and they yeah. still let up 31, playing yeah. really well. Well, you can also pin some of that on the offense again. You know, and it's the same. It's the same, it's the same offense is going to be out there That's too, true. though. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, an update for you guys. <laughs> NC State is a four and a half point favorite at what I'm looking at now. Oh, is it down? It was up to five last time. Was I it? Saw. Yeah. I know it was at three when it started, I think. Yeah, it's insane. So it's insane. I guess it's moved up to four and a half. You know, this is really tough for me because I like the fact that the home crowd's going to be there. It should be pretty loud and Carter Finley. But I still think Syracuse is the better team. And I'm kind of where Jake is here. I think it's going to be like a 31-24 Syracuse win. I don't think NC State's going to be able to keep up in the end. I think Syracuse is just a little bit better. You know, the home crowd's going to help, but I don't think it's going to significantly change the game. So that's where I'm at with that. You guys got any final closing comments? Nope. I'm interested to see Bailey Hawkman with his first full start. He's got He's going to have, what, a week and a half of... Preparation is yeah. the number one. So he's known for a while. Yeah, and not the Syracuse or the Florida State game where he comes in and plays most of the game after three drives of Matt McKay. But I'm gonna go back to the initial job I made at Wolfpack fans. I'm interested to see how the crowd is. You know, I'm getting That's emails. True. I'm getting emails about tickets still being available, which isn't that is great. True. <laughs> I, I've seen that. So you know, I'm interested to see how Wolfpack fans turn out for this game and how long they stay. And it was close. Do people still leave? Because that has been a problem at some points too. Not exactly. necessarily against these high ACC teams or ACC teams, at least in Syracuse. But it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And if they stay the entire game, I'm gonna take credit for that. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, uh, it'll be at least a close game, a little interesting game for you guys at Carter Finley. But until next week, I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Camden Spate. I'm assistant sports editor Jay Cacavaro. And I'm video editor Jalen Harrington. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>